Most situations you would draw a box around the person or the thing that you're trying to track. And you can see on the screen, it's saying that I am a person. The movements can be a little bit kind of janky. You can see right now it's swaying a little bit. So what you actually want to do here is you want to basically tell the drone that you want it to track a location and not a person. Hello beautiful internet family, my name is Dan Davis and I'm Australia's number one ranked drone YouTuber as well as the course creator over at the Fearless Drone Academy which is the ultimate online drone course for beginners. And today I've got a really cool video, I've got my seven must know tips for the Mini 3 Pro. Now this could be for new pilots, this could be for pro pilots that might not know some of these tips. Some of these tips are hidden, some of them have um, some really cool options in there that you might not know about. So keep tuned to find out some more info. We're gonna start off with a tracking tip, which a lot of people don't know about, but it actually makes the world of difference when you're trying to get smooth tracking footage. If you are looking for a really awesome deal on the Mini 3 Pro, I will have a link in the description below to check it out through the D1 Store's website. It's an exclusive Dan's Tube combo, so check that out for all those awesome accessories. Um, and also reach out to sales at d1store.com.au. Uh, mention Dan's Tube and they'll help you out with the best deal they can. The first tip here is a great one. It's something that not everyone knows, and it's related to the active track, or the focus track as they like to call it. So for example, in most situations, you would draw a box around the person or the thing that you're trying to track. That's how it pops up, and you can see on the screen, it's saying that I am a person. But the problem with this sometimes is what will happen is the movements can be a little bit kind of janky. You can see right now it's swaying a little bit, which is okay. And you know, like I am pretty close right now, but what can happen is if you try to get some panning movements, you know, and you're trying to fly, you can see it kind of, it gets a little awkward, right? And then as you fly away, sometimes it can be awkward again. You try to get those smooth movements you're looking for and sometimes it can miss you a little bit or if there's a lot going on, it can sometimes struggle. So what you actually wanna do here is you want to basically tell the drone that you want it to track a location and not a person. So how you do this is you start flying away to the point that it stops recognizing you as a person and just tries to recognize you as a location. So sometimes it takes a little while to get that distance. You can see it's still recognizing me as a person and there we go. It's now saying that's the location we're tracking. So that's basically the key thing. You want it to add that little pin basically that lets you know that's the location. That's not a person anymore, it's a location I'm tracking. So what will happen now is it actually creates, in my opinion, in a lot of people's opinion, it creates smoother, more dynamic looking shots. So you can see as I'm kind of panning around now, creating that circle, even though it hasn't recognized me, because it's kind of lost the point now, it's more so tracking the actual location, the GPS point, as opposed to the person, which is more of a visual cue. So you can see that it's doing a really good job. It's kind of lost the fact that I'm there. You can see I'm moving and I'm outside of that pin location. But again, it's creating more dynamic movements than it would if it thought that you were a person. And this applies when you're coming in closer. Uh, this applies in all different scenarios. But this is the first tip that a lot of people don't know. They kind of leave it on that person tracking and it can be awkward. The footage, the movement can be a little bit weird. So basically we'll keep moving it here and I'll fly over the top here. And you can see the kind of, even the tilt down is a little bit more realistic here. Even though I'm off to the side there, it's basically lost me and now it's picked me up again. 
and that's where it's back into that person tracking. So this is just something to note, like if you're tracking a vehicle, for example, I find that vehicles can be a little bit awkward. Sometimes they don't do the best job, like the drone doesn't do the best job of tracking a vehicle and it can kind of get a little bit confused with all the movement. You want to get it to the point that it's recognizing it as a pin. So again, you can see it's the person tracking and as I try to get like that panning movement, you can see it, it does an all right job and for the most part it's usable but you can see that it's kind of glitching out a little bit and sometimes it can struggle. So you wanna get it to that pinpoint and then you're gonna get the smoother footage that you're looking for. The next tip's related to the radar, which you might not even know that there's a radar option through the DJI Fly interface, but in the bottom left corner, you'll see there's a little map icon. Tap on that one, it will bring up the slightly larger map. If you tap the icon in the bottom right of that, which looks like a circle with a little kind of arrow, that will bring up the radar interface. Now, the reason this interface is so powerful is you can see it comes up with the H, which is basically like the home point. But you can see as I'm turning, it's actually turning the direction of that little arrow there. And that arrow symbolizes the direction that the controller is facing. Now, the reason this is so powerful is because a lot of the time you might get a little bit confused with what way you're facing in relation to the drone. Now, in this situation here, you can see that I'm facing off to one side and the drone is facing on a different angle. So that's going to mean that my range is not going to be as good, right? So the idea here is that you want to face towards the drone to make sure that you're getting the best possible range. Now, the first thing that you'll see besides that little arrow interface is you might see this little kind of like bar, this line. Now, basically what that means is it, it's basically letting you know the wind. So as you're banking, as you're turning left and right to kind of like bank to the left, bank to the right, it's showing you how much the drone is sitting on an angle, which will show you basically how much wind you're experiencing in that moment. So that's a really handy reason to go with this radar view, because sometimes again, you might be flying just a little bit out of range. You can still see the drone, but you just don't really know what's happening with the wind. You don't know how much the drone is getting affected by the wind. So firstly, this interface lets you know which direction the drone is. So right now I can see on that map interface, the arrows going this way and the drones behind me. So as I turn around, I can start to see that now I'm facing the drone. And another reason why that's helpful is if for whatever reason you have lost where the drone is, this will let you know which way to face to make sure that you're facing the drone. Again, this is a big thing. If you are starting to lose like range, you're noticing that the video feed's slightly cutting out. This basically lets you know, okay, well, I need to face this way to make sure I've got the maximum kind of like possible range that I'm getting out of the drone. I'm making sure that the, the signal's sending in the right direction. And then it also allows you to know, okay, well, facing this way, if I fly forward, the drone is going to be coming directly towards me. But you can now see over the top of the interface now, there's the H and the H is the home point, right? So if I walk a little bit away from the H, you can now see the H is popping up on the display. You can see that the little character, which is me, the little green icon, goes green when I'm facing the drone, letting me know that's a really good signal, right? But straight when I face away, it's going blue, telling me you're not actually facing the drone right now. You can press this other little icon here, which changes the interface again and kind of creates more of a dynamic movement as you're moving. I find this one a little bit confusing, so I just prefer the flat one that basically just keeps it locked and I can see what's happening with the drone in real time as well as where I am in relation to the home point. So yeah, you can see that as I'm flying 
forward, you can see that I'm flying towards a lot of wind because that wind symbol, that little line that we can see, that faint blue line, as I'm flying forward, you can see that it's basically hitting a lot of wind, right? Now, if I turn around and fly in the opposite direction, let's see what happens here. We get a similar thing, but we can see it's not as full on. So that implies to us that we're flying with the wind at this point. If I fly off to this side, and you can see as I'm turning, I can see the different kind of wind as it's uh, kind of hitting on the drone, I guess. Uh, if I'm flying in this direction, you can see the wind uh, maybe isn't as intense. But again, if I turn around and go towards the wind, over this way, and then start turning in towards the wind, you can see that it's a bit more intense, right? You can see that the wind is hitting our drone a fair bit and it's counteracting that wind. That's basically what it's letting us know. It's letting us know how much the drone is counteracting the wind and letting us know what the drone's actually doing. So as I'm banking to the right, you can see it kind of goes up to the left, which lets us know that the wind is hitting on that side as we're flying that way. And it's the same when you go left, you're getting the banking the other way. As you fly back, you're getting a bit more of that. If I come a little bit lower, so that there's potentially not gonna be as much wind. I can see that as I fly forward, I've still got a little bit of wind, but it's just letting me know that there's not as much, which again is handy, especially if you can't see the drone. It's letting you know how much interference you're getting from the wind or how much pushback you're getting from the wind. I just find it a really kind of helpful interface to have, just in the sense that you can know exactly which direction the drone is facing in relation to you. So this tip is another really handy tip, something that not everyone knows about because it only did just come out not too long ago. But this is related to the DJI RC, which a lot of you would have got with your Mini 3 Pro. And this is related to offline maps. Now, as I'm sure you would know, if you go into that map interface, you can see sometimes it like it lets you know the flight path, but you have no idea where you're flying. It's just a white backdrop, which can be pretty dangerous, to be honest with you, because you have no idea what's going on in the environment, if there's any buildings, if there's anything kind of going on in that space. But what you can do here is you can go back from that flight menu and it'll bring up the little interface to show you the drone that you're flying. Now, in the bottom left corner, you've got album, sky pixel and profile. If you click on profile, it will bring up the option for offline maps. Now this won't apply if you've obviously got your phone connected to one of the other controllers because it's getting the signal from your phone. But with this controller, it doesn't have any sort of reception or anything like that. So what you will have to do is you need to make sure firstly that you're actually connected to a Wi-Fi setup. So you would typically do this at home before you go to a location. Right now, I'm just gonna hotspot it to my phone. And then from there, what we can do is we can load this area here. So I'm just gonna go back, go into offline maps again. So you can see that now I'm connected to my phone. I'm now getting that signal so I can see exactly what's happening and you can see this area here that I'm flying in it's giving me the option to load that area basically so the more I obviously zoom out the more of an area it's going to load but you do kind of have limited range of what you can load but you can then add to it right like depending on the area you're flying in you can kind of download an area move a little bit download that area but right now we're just going to click on that selected map size is about three meg so it lets you know it's three megabytes I can click on download I can name the region right so we're going to write in Burkdale Dump, I'm gonna press okay, and we're gonna press yes. Now this is going to download this area here, this region for us. So once this is downloaded, I'll disconnect my phone and I'll show you what it actually looks like. So it's now downloaded, which is amazing. And I can click on downloads and you can see it says Burkdale Dump. I can click on that. And now that's the region that it's going to have downloaded for us. And so now when I go back into the Go Fly section, I now should be able to see when it loads in the actual interface of the map. There we go. So now you can see that the 
interface is all ready to go. It's loaded in the map interface. So I, I now actually know what's going on in this area. I can see road names. I can kind of see a little bit more information for the area. And that's helpful when you're in this video feed here, just to give you some more information in the bottom left corner. So I can zoom out. So I've got a little bit more information. And now I can see the map interface without just seeing a white backdrop. And again, this is just a comfort thing for a lot of people. It gives you like a little bit more of a visual to let you know like what's happening in the area. So this is a really cool thing to download those offline maps so that they're ready to go when you go to the location to start flying. This is now relating to the quick transfer feature, which is a relatively new feature on DJI drones, but how you wanna do this. So say for example, you've got this controller here, the DJI RC, and you don't wanna put it onto your computer. You just wanna have it directly on your phone and it's a little bit hard. How do you get the, you know, the footage from here over to here. It's actually really simple and it works extremely well. So if we go back from the flight interface here, again into the same menu where we found the offline maps, click on album in the bottom left corner. And then in the top right, you'll see like a little kind of controller icon with a Wi-Fi signal. So if we tap on that icon, it will bring up the fly share interface. So open DJI Fly on a mobile device, which is what we're gonna do here. I'm recording the screen on this one. So once you actually launch the DJI Fly on your other device, could be your tablet, could be whatever, right? Your phone, whatever you wanna use. And then you have the option here, it's already popping up saying switch to quick transfer mode. It's recognized the DJI Mini 3 Pro. So I can click on switch and now it's starting to try to connect to the Mini 3 Pro. So there we go, it's connected, it's saying 50%. It actually gives you like the battery indicator. I can click on view album and now it's actually taking the content directly from the drone onto this controller so I can save it in its full quality. I can play it back, I can do all the usual things you would on the, any controller that you're using. It's a really quick, easy process. I can still utilize all the functionality that you would be able to on the controller. So definitely keep this in mind. The quick transfer feature is so easy and a nice way to get it straight onto your device without having to go through multiple steps. Now I'm gonna talk through the gimbal controls, right? The gimbal movements. And you actually do have a fair amount of control here over the gimbal. So you tap on the three dots in the top right corner when you're in that flight menu. You go across to control and they've changed the name of it now. It used to be like the advanced gimbal settings, I think they used to call it. It's now in gain and expo tuning. So fine tunes gain and expo settings for aircraft and gimbal. Raising it, especially if you're a new pilot and you have no idea what gain and expo means. But that's where you tap on. And then this is where you can choose a lot of different features, right? You can adjust a lot of different things here. So this is relating to the aircraft. You can change the uh, angular velocity, the yaw smoothness, and then you've also got the expo as well. So the expo is another thing that you can do or the right kind of control for you. But let's just have a look at the yaw, for example. So if we make the yaw 100%, what this is going to do is it's basically as I'm yawing, which means looking left and right, basically like this, now I've got a lot more smoothness to it. So instead of that abrupt end, which I'll show you what that looks like, just so you get a sense of it. So we'll put the yaw smoothness to like zero. So now what you can see is it's like doot, doot, doot. So really awkward, right? So if you're trying to get smooth movements and you accidentally let go of the stick, it's gonna look very awkward. So adjusting the yaw smoothness actually means that you're getting a smoother yaw. So now I'm up to 74, right? So as I'm turning and then I wanna let go, it's basically gonna smooth it out for me and it's gonna continue the movement to make sure that it looks smooth and natural. So that's a really cool feature firstly to have. And then the big one here, you can play around with the Expo, but it's the gimbal settings here. So basically using this little scroll wheel, the left scroll wheel on the DJI RC, that's how you adjust the gimbal movement. Now you can see it's relatively fine, right? But what we can do here is we can slightly increase the max control speed, but then we can adjust the smoothness. So let's make it the max smoothness right now. 
So what's gonna happen is as I look up, again, it's got that kind of trailing, more, more natural kind of movement. So it's not like the jerky, do, 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 do. It's more of a, and then it keeps going until it stops. So you can see I can do a little movement, let go, and it's gonna continue smoothly. So obviously this is probably too intense right now. The alternative is zero, which looks like this, any sort of cinematic footage for you. Um, but you wanna find that kind of nice point for you, whatever seems right. So we can adjust this, 30 is probably a bit too much, but let's say we go to like 18, for example, and we make the max speed just like relatively slow, right? Let's put it down to seven. So now that means that the speed's gonna be slow, but the smoothness is pretty nice. So say for example, like let's launch the drone right up. So now what will happen is as I'm looking down, it's gonna be nice and slow, nice and smooth and gradual. I can even pick up the pace a little bit. But then once I'm ready to stop, I can let go of that stick and you can see it kind of just slowly comes down and creates more of a smooth shot. So if we make it the max, which is gonna be 30 here, I can start looking up, right, to reveal the horizon. So if I do that and let's speed it up just a little bit, that's max and then let go. And you can just see it just kind of naturally gets to that point as opposed to if I go into the zero and keep it at that slow speed, right? I look down, let go, and it's just an abrupt stop, right? So you can still kind of make that work if you want to, but it's going to be a bit more abrupt and not as cinematic. So definitely play around with those features. Um, there's some cool ones in there. The Your Smoothness is a good one to get those nice smooth kind of panning shots of a horizon. And then you also want to play around with the gimbal, like the, the speed as well as the smoothness. And worst case scenario, right, you can just reset current settings and it's going to take you back to the default settings. So worst case scenario, you can tap on that, but just play around with it, see what works for you. And then you also got different options here. So whether you're in the cine mode, the normal mode, or the sports mode, which is on the controller. That's basically how you can adjust the different kind of settings in there for your gimbal as well as the aircraft as well. Now we're going to talk about the customization buttons. So on, again, the DJI RC, we've got two. We've got the C1 and the C2 button. If you've got the other controller, you're only going to have the FN button, but you still do have two options. So you can either single tap on the FN or double tap but the DJI RC gives you two separately mapped buttons, which makes it a little nicer. So on this flight menu here, tap on the top right corner, brings up the, uh, the, the basically the settings. So that's the three dots in the top right corner, brings up this here. And then if we go across to control and scroll down, you can see we've got button customization. So if we tap on that, it actually lets us know that there's a few different options here. So we do have the option with the right dial, for example, to do a bit of a zooming, uh, option so zoom in and out and you can see on the left there it's zooming in and then as I'm doing it the other way it's zooming out but then you've also got the C1 and the C2 button so let me just show you the whole interface so if I press C1 for example it's going to recenter the gimbal which is basically looking down if I press it again it's going to recenter the gimbal to look back up so that's a really handy one if you want to get a quick top-down shot so I like that one because that makes it easy to kind of go between the different modes and if I press the C2 button it's gonna change it into the vertical mode. So obviously on the Mini 3 Pro, we can go vertical or we can go with the horizontal so the actual camera flips. So they're the two that seem to work for me. And then like I said, you've got the scrolling wheel now on the side or on the right side, sorry, which actually allows you to zoom in and out. And again, you have a fair bit of control here. You don't have complete control over everything, but tapping on the C1, for example, you can see there's a few different options here and that's the control options. I can click on camera and then adjust a few camera settings. I can click on other and I can just make it none, right? If I don't want it to do anything. But you can see there's a few different options here for camera, a few for control. So we can set up the hyperlapse cruise control option. 
um, if you want to via there. And then the same with the C2 button, you've got a few options there. And then with the right dial, you can adjust the focal length, adjust EV, adjust shutter speed and adjust ISO. Um, but I like that zoom in and out because again, if you're trying to get a shot of something, it just makes it easier just to punch in with that zooming wheel, get the shot and then zoom back out again. So these are the ones that work for me. I've got recenter slash tilt down gimbal for C1. C2 is portrait slash landscape mode. The right wheel is zoom in um, and out. And then the C1 plus right dial can do something. So if you want to do C1 and the right dial together, that can adjust the shutter speed and then adjust ISO is the C2 plus right dial. So if I press and hold the right, so the C1 and then adjust with the right, I can actually adjust the ISO here. So that's bumping up the ISO to make it nice and overexposed, bumping it down all the way to 100 on the ISO. And then if I do the left stick and the right dial, that's now adjusting the shutter speed. So you can see I can bump it up 1600, 2000, and you can have full control over that. Um, so again, there's a few different options here. Just play around with that. But that button customization really opens up a bunch of different options for people. And not many people utilize it enough, especially the new pilots. So keep that in mind. That's a nice, easy way to customize those buttons. If you want to record audio to your DJI RC, it's really simple. Basically, this is the DJI mic. You can actually connect it in with the receiver which is on top i will show you what that sounds like very soon but you basically just connect it into this port here so you don't use this one you use this guy here and it's as simple as that to connect it in with the receiver and then you have the transmitter on and you can record your screen and actually have audio recorded to the controller Alright, so now we're recording the audio from the actual DJI mic now, which is such a cool option. So I'm basically just flying the drone now as I'm talking you through what's going on. I'm gonna fly it back a little bit because that's extremely close. Alright, so we'll keep it at that distance, right? And I'm gonna literally just try to control it as I'm talking through what I'm doing. Um, but the audio is being recorded directly from the DJI mic that's connected to me. On the base of the controller, I have the transmitter there that's connected into the USB-C facing backwards. So that actually makes it nice and sleek and subtle. You don't even really notice it there. It's kind of swaying a little bit. Let's just get some distance so it looks a little better. Perfect. And then the other thing that's really cool is it basically just allows you to kind of, you know, like create tutorial content. If you are the type of person that creates content on your YouTube channel and you are a droner and you've got this kind of gear available to you, it does make it easy to kind of talk through what you're doing. But also like, like I said before, you know, if you're on a film set or you're doing some whatever real estate video or like short film content um, and you're the drone operator and you want to make sure that you know that cool moment that just happened that literally allows you to kind of talk it through and go all right i'm noticing you because know, you see the timer down the bottom on, on my screen so i can see we're a minute 20 in so i can go all right at a minute 20 there was a really cool moment where a dog ran by i want to use that clip right and it just kind of allows you to have that audio log so when you're checking in uh, post-production you can see those little peaks as you are talking and it kind of lets you know where those key moments are which is really really handy uh, you just got to make sure that as you swipe down you can see that little headphone icon and then it actually does say at the moment unsupported DJI USB drive but it doesn't matter because the audio will still work so you just want to make sure as you pull down you see that little headphone icon in the top right corner but this is really cool right because I can fly like directly up 
continue it tracking me. Let's put it on just some active track, right? And I can get it to just literally track me as I am talking through what I'm doing. And I'll make sure that it goes above the tree line. And now I've literally got hands-free, got my microphone on me. I can kind of talk through what's happening. You can see I can literally just kind of talk through what I'm doing as I'm doing it live in the moment. It is a very cool feature, not for everyone, but it is cool that we can actually get some audio uh, directly from my microphone. So as I'm flying the drone, I can get some narration, you know, it kind of creates a cool, uh, I guess, shot or a cool kind of uh, setup if you don't really have anything else to use.